Making It Plain, a podcast dedicated to discussing real issues that impact Black communities, Black families, and Black women. Your host, Dr. Key, is dedicated to discussing Black issues in a way everyone can relate. Welcome to Making It Plain with Dr. Key. I am your host, Dr. Key, and on this season of Making It Plain, we are talking all things generational wealth. And today we have with us Natalie, and I always mess your name up, and I do not want to mess it up. Okay, I'm about to try it. Enderman Singh. Adermanasinga. Singa. So it's the gut. Yep. I always want to just stop it at the scene. Natalie yep. Adermanasinga. And yep. she is with us today to talk about NFTs. She is a counselor education. It has an NFT side hustle going on. She previously <laughs> was a school counselor for seven years, working mostly outside of Atlanta, Georgia. She has been passionate about elevating youth voices in educational spaces, spending most of her time training school counselors to utilize youth voice in their schools and researching ways youth can engage in advocacy in schools. However, she and her husband recently started investing and researching cryptocurrency and NFTs, which are non-fungible tokens. She is hoping her interests collide where she can partner with those working in Web3 to mentor you and learn from their voices how to make the Web3 space more accessible to you. She is also hoping to accumulate investments that she can pass down to her 20-month-old son, Victor. Welcome, Dr. Natalie. Hi, thank you for having me. So I know nothing about NFTs, and I Natalie started really engaging and learning and finding all these communities and I was just looking at the images saying, oh, they look so nice, <laughs> but not really understanding. <laughs> and I think there are a lot of people that are listeners that are just like me. They don't yeah. know even where to begin. Yeah. And I, I mean, I will say it's a very like new, although it doesn't always feel new, it is a very new space. And so I think there are a lot of people that are in the space that don't necessarily know um, everything there is to know. I think there's always things to learn. Um, and so I want to just like say wherever you are in the journey around NFTs and cryptocurrency, you are re- you're you're early. So um, that's always like the thing that we hear is like everyone it, it's early. We're all kind of just building the bridge as we go. Um, so I can kind of start with just what does all of this, like, where did all of this start? And so, you know, around two, 2008 is when we started to see, uh, Bitcoin. Um, so you may have heard of Bitcoin before. Um, and basically the, the goal, well, the interesting part is that no one really knows who started Bitcoin. And so that's really what this all comes down to is that, with cryptocurrency, where it started is this idea in decentralizing our investments and decentralizing where our money is going. And so if you think of traditional and what some people you might hear Web2 said, and so that just means like the traditional um, way that we see technology in the world. Um, crypto, you know, we we naturally, we put our, we put our money into banks and stocks and 
all of it is centrally controlled by the government and their rules and regulations and all these pieces. However, with cryptocurrency, the idea is that you are holding tokens. Um, so, you know, Bitcoin is a token and it is money that you've invested that isn't central, it isn't centralized to one government or bank or really any one individual. So, um, and so the idea is that, um, and, and some of this is going to get confusing, but you have folks that are called miners. And so they are mining coins on the blockchain. Um, and so they're computers, basically people behind computers. We don't know who they are. And they are, they are creating codes that show these currency transactions between one person and another person. Um, and they are related to a currency. And so that currency fluctuates with the market. I mean, it's much more volatile um, than the stock market and then what we see as far as like traditional foreign currency. So they have created the system where there are folks behind computers that are called miners. And so what they do is they mine the coin to show like different transactions. And so they are keeping track of all of the transactions of Bitcoin, of the different um, the different currencies that you might see. So the interesting part about it is that it's it's really very much like all behind a screen and you can't you don't really know who's doing it. Um, you have a public wallet um, and so, just like we have like a wallet that we carry our cash. This is a digital wallet that you would use. Um, and it gives you a sp specific signature to say like, this is how much money you have in your wallet. However, the difference between a bank, like putting money in a bank versus putting it in your cryptocurrency wallet is that there's no way to indicate whether or not it's your money. So I would say for folks that are interested in getting into cryptocurrency, getting into um, NFTs, which I'll, I'll, I'll get to in a minute, um, the first thing that you want to do is get a really, un, a really strong understanding of where you keep that money. Um, so one example that we use is MetaMask, um, which is a digital wallet that you can that you can um, download on your phone. Um, and it gives you a seed phrase that you have to save. Um, that seed phrase, if you lose that, there's no way to retrieve it again. Um, and so people have a lot of different ways that they save that information so that they don't lose it. Mm -hmm. um, one way that we... The way that we do it is we save it in a fire safe um, box that is you know, that is stored with us. Um, and it's, you know, and it's kept away from any sort of like electronic way that someone could, could find it. So we don't save it on, um, our phone. We have no access, like no information that's like in a note or on the cloud or anywhere else. It's, it's literally just a physical piece that we save, um, 
so that no one would be able to retrieve it. Because the other piece of that is if someone is able to retrieve that that phrase, um, then they will have access to your cryptocurrency and your NFTs, and there would be no way for you to prove that they were yours at any point in time. Wow. Uh, so it is like, I, I guess to, to kind of stop off there so that I can like give you a little time if you want explanation about any of that. Um, it's very volatile. Um, it's very risky. And so if you are going to get into it, it's really important to really think about the pieces um, related to security and anything that you're investing into it, making sure that you're willing to take the risk that you could lose um, a significant amount of that money, um, dependent on how the market uh, goes. For the most part, we've seen that Bitcoin and Ethereum, which are probably the two strongest coins right now, those have trended up. Um, There have been times where there have been dips, but generally it's pretty, it's a pretty strong, um, it's, it's always been trending up and there's been a pretty strong, um, movement up. So I think if you looked right now, um, at least Ethereum, I can speak to Ethereum, which is about the same process that I just described. I think one, um, Ethereum coin is worth around $3,000 as of today. Yes, I got into Ethereum when it was uh, not that I do know uh, that I do have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I just don't know how to move, you know do all the movements and stuff. But I do have yeah. Ethereum. I got into it early last summer, I think. Uh, so you know, yeah. it's, it's been up and down a lot because I've lost some and and gained some. But uh, yeah, I wanted to get into something. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, the, the, um, the recommendation that I received when I started the whole process of getting into cryptocurrency, um, was not to look at it every day. And so because the market is so volatile, you want to look at what the, like, you're going to want to keep it in there and continue to invest a small amount, not a, not a huge amount, um, in it regularly. And then eventually down the road, we'll see that in two, three, four years that you will have gained money. But throughout every day, every hour, it fluctuates so much that it's really not helpful for your mental health or for your financial health to be looking at it every day. Um, so to jump into how this even makes sense, like so we're talking cryptocurrency, but what does that have to do with NFTs? First, the way to purchase an NFT is only through cryptocurrency. And as of right now, the two largest currencies that are used to purchase um, NFTs are Ethereum and Solana is another one um, that is used. Uh, So that's another coin that's up and coming if you're interested in investing in that. Uh Um, Solana. Yeah. So it's S O L A N A, I believe, and so that's a that's another coin that's being used, and it's a different it's a different um, what do you call it? Platform that they use to to create and buy and sell 
uh, NFTs. And so NFTs are non-fungible tokens. Um, The best way to describe them would be that it is a it is a picture but the picture provides you access to other like perks and so thinking about how for example a musician might use an nft to their advantage um instead of and, and this is where we've seen a lot of the progress that has been made if you, you look at things like spotify for example and the number of the like the the amount of money per play that an artist will receive um it's a very very small amount like almost a, a few pennies at this point that they would receive per play and so when you're thinking about new and upcoming artists like obviously they're not going to be making a ton of money by putting their um putting their songs on Spotify however what they could do is they could um, create like art, just like back in the day, right? When we had CDs or vinyl, you would have intentional artwork that was created for the album. Mm -hmm. And then what they can do is create several of those and folks can buy them on the blockchain. So they would buy them with cryptocurrency. There would be a confirmation within their wallet that they received that. And so then the artists can send out exclusive music or they could send out exclusive offerings for concerts or different things that are, that you confirm that you are able to have because you are confirmed on the blockchain that you own their NFT. So it's almost like thinking about like, oh, like the way that you show ownership in web two. In the real world, is that you have to physically like have something. Um, you know, people make fun of NFTs quite a bit around like I can just copy and paste your NFT, um, and I would be able to use it as a profile picture. So you'll see a lot of folks like using theirs as a profile picture on Twitter, for example. Mm-hmm. But the difference is, is that yes, you can copy and paste it. I'm the only one that can commercialize that to get make money off of it that's one piece and the other piece is like as part as a member of the community that the nft artist and the team have created um i have access to certain things that other folks won't have access to whether or not they copy and paste it because i'm the only one that can confirm that i um that i own the jpegs so um so I think like the reason that I started getting into NFTs versus just doing cryptocurrency alone was the idea that I could invest in something that opened the door for other investments and also I could sell it for several, you know, for double the cost depending on what the you know, how, how much attention it gets, how, you know, how the community, um, opens up exclusive perks and things like that. So it's a lot of like what we have done is a lot of like buying, um, buying and selling on the, on the blockchain, um, in order to make, uh, to make more money. Um, 
so, you know, there, there's a lot of pieces and I'm, I'm going to (laughs) stop. I said that before. I'm actually going to stop this time. Um, and see if you want any like specific questions or anything that I can like elaborate on. Cause I know there's a lot, um, so yeah, anything that I can go. There is on. a lot. I, you answered some great questions. Um, one of the questions I had was like, I see people with these images in their in their profiles and stuff, and I'm like, wow, they're sharing their images. But I thought the images was something you kept sacred, right? But what yeah. it really is is what's behind the images that's sacred, not necessarily the image. So I think that's so important. One of the things is we were talking, and you were telling me one time about these communities you found on Twitter that people can learn more and get more. And I think I, I followed like one person maybe that you had on there and now I got all these NFT people following me (laughs) and I don't really, I I like their, their pictures of course, but I don't, I don't know much beyond that. How can people learn more sort of like you did to learn more about NFTs? Yeah. So Twitter has become like the house for um, folks learning more about NFTs. Originally, I don't know if you remember Narkita, but like originally when Clubhouse came out, that was like the place where you could learn more about cryptocurrency. And I think as they've transitioned into Twitter, like um, Twitter has Twitter spaces. um, And as they've transitioned there that's now where you can find um, a lot of these NFT influencers or folks that have a little bit more awareness um, around NFTs. So I think if you're like just trying to better understand what NFTs are, what it all means, um, just looking up the hashtag like NFT Twitter or looking up um, you know crypto Twitter, Uh, can be helpful and being really careful that like, you know, there are folks and and we know this about social media. There are folks that are getting paid as influencers, just like we see for any other product on social media to hype up projects. Um, And then there are other folks that are on there that are genuinely trying to teach folks like how to better understand the um, NFT space and make it more accessible for people. Um, Some of the folks that you would think of, like Paris Hilton, for example, is huge in NFTs and um, cryptocurrency and all of those pieces. So you have like some folks like that, Paris Hilton, Elon Musk, you know, for better or for worse, you know, he has some influence in the NFT space. Um, Alex O'Han, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, but Serena Williams' wife or husband, who, you know, mm-hmm. that's how I know him, but he also is the creator of Reddit and he, um, does have, uh, he has some influence in it, like, or he has some information as well. And then Randy Zuckerberg. Um, so Randy Zuckerberg is, uh, the is one of the Zuckerbergs, um, and she's very influential um, in the cryptocurrency space. And I think as you look at those bigger names, you'll start to notice that their followers or people they are following are also going to be NFT and crypto people. 
So it's, it's not, it's definitely not, um, a simple process because, um, you know, Twitter doesn't always make it very simple. Um, but I will say there are some folks that are really trying to do, um, you know, really trying to explain the space to folks. Um, Randy Zuckerberg actually has, a an organization called The Hug, like giving someone a hug. Um, and she actually has focused her attention on creating space for those who are creating NFTs that is inclusive and focuses on women and non-binary people in the Twitter space um, or in the, in the NFT space. And um, they usually come out with a lot of information um, that can be really helpful for someone who is new uh, to NFTs. And you'll find that um, some of some of these folks will have links in their bio to guides um, to better understand some of the process processes around NFTs. So, like setting up your wallet um, when you have a new project, uh, it's y- you want to sell out, and so they do a thing called minting. And so, minting is when folks like open like you know they open up the sales for their for their nft and then um people can buy it at like a certain number um or certain price and then once it sells out obviously you can resell it if you would like um and typically it is more than what you bought for the mint so um i can explain that a little bit more cuz that's oh, oh, that's the first step. Um, but there's, go ahead. I guess. So one of the things that, that was a little confusing is that I thought, and I'm sure listeners may, may say the same thing. I thought that it was like a one of, right. When you buy that, when they open up the sales, it's a one of your bidding or trying to purchase that one NFT. But what you're yeah. saying is they can sell multiple of that one NFT? Yeah. So there's actually a couple different ways that um, I have seen it done. So there are artists that will do what are called one of ones. So what you were describing. It's like one piece of artwork. Um, it's their original product. There's no, there's no other parts in their collection that look like that. Um, and one of ones are obviously fair, rare, um, but artists will do that um, dependent on, you know, dependent on how they, how exposed they are would make the price a little bit different. Just like, just like we see in artwork, right? If you have a one-on-one piece of, um, a, a, a have a, a painting or artwork or a sculpture from someone that's incredibly well-known, you may be able to buy it from them and then sell it for significantly more um, later on as they start to get more popular. Um, so that's one option. Other things are called PFPs, which is profile pictures, um, which is which is what you'll see pretty often if you go like on Twitter. So like my Twitter handle, you'll see one of the NFTs that I've purchased. My husband's has a different NFT that we have purchased. So you, those. PFPs are 
typically a collection of one in um, 10,000. Sometimes it's 10,000, sometimes it's 7,000. Um, and the lowest I've seen is around 5,000. So there's like an interval that they make. And what they do, um, the artist does, is they create traits that are, um, that are then generated to met to the whole collection. So they may create like for I'll I'll use one of mine that I currently have. Um it's called Baz Tour. Um and so they are dinosaurs and the dinosaurs have several different color skins and then several different color or several different color backgrounds. Um and they have different accessories that they're wearing and um, different tongues, like there's lots of different traits. So the artist has created all of those traits separately. And then what the computer does is it just randomly chooses which traits go together. And then dependent on that, you have a, a hierarchy of how rare the traits are together. And so there's other, it's, and this could, I could, go into a whole course about this, honestly. Um, but each trait um, will get you a different like rarity. And so based on that rarity will be the value of your um, NFT when you want to resell it. So you have the one of ones and some of those sell for really you know high prices when you resell. Um, and then you have the PFPs, which are your profile picks, and those you can also sell for significant, you know, a significant amount of money. Um, one NFT that you may have seen um, that has gotten a lot of hype is Board Ape Yacht Club, um, which you know I think we've seen like Justin Bieber owns one, Jimmy Fallon, Paris Hilton, all like a lot of celebrities own these. And that is a PFP. There are 10,000 bored apes. And it opens, it's, it's again, like a social like exclusivity. So because you are part of that, it opens the door to other projects. But each, each ape, they're literally apes that look bored. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Each ape, has a different level of rarity based on the traits that it has. So, so I think right now the lowest price you can get an ape is around oh gosh, I want to say it's like 40 or 60 ETH right now. I haven't looked um to be able to say. So like 60 ETH is what like a lot of money a lot of money i mean knowing that one eth is three thousand dollars right and so someone's out there in the market to buy one of these because they know that it opens the door to other projects so for example board ape yacht club just did a like just did a drop of um this other it's called other side and so it's supposed to be land in this Web3 metaverse, which is a not whole other piece of this. Um, and, and folks are going crazy over it. So it sold for, 
it's sold only to those folks who are part of the Board Ape Yacht Club. And so, of course, for those of us that weren't in, you know, aren't part of that, we don't have access to that. And so that ups the value, right? Because they can see that they're, that, that is the new, you know, that is like something that is desirable. It's exclusive. It's, you know, it's got a lot of um, potential for resale and for things like that. And so folks are now um, starting to see the hype of that as well. So I think other side um, is now reselling for around 14 ETH. So, you know, the possibilities of making money in this space, if you do do the research and you do better understand where you're investing the money, obviously you can, you can make a lot of money. Um, and there's also a level of like the community and things like that. So that's all to say, just because a project is a 10,000 PFP collection, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's less valuable um, than a one-of-one or that a one-of-one would be more valuable. It's really about the community that comes with the, um, with the NFT that you choose. And that's a really important part to research. And um, what the what their plan is, like how are they going to continue to make the project more exclusive to you? Like how what are the perks that you're gonna get from having the NFT? And so those are really the, that's more important than whether or not it's a 10k project or a one of one. Wow. It's more in way more in depth than probably any of our listeners. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, but I, I do think that it's something that we should learn more about, especially if this is a new way of creating generational wealth and getting involved. Because typically things like this, more elite people can get into it because they have more knowledge about it. Whereas some of the people, layman's people, just don't know where to begin. Yeah. Just don't know where yeah. to begin. And I want, that's why I, I was so happy to bring you here because I know you had done the research and gotten to the communities and things like that. Um, just to help our listeners to know where to start. Yeah. This is another area of making money outside of having another job or, you know, some other kind of side hustle. This is another way. Yep. And I will say it does take a lot of time and the markets move really fast. So, you know, there's, I, I, I still like Google, like some of the terms that they use, um, uh, quite a bit, like pretty regularly. Um, (laughs) but you know, and it can feel really overwhelming at times because the market does go so fast. There's so many projects that are new and up and coming. And so you feel like you have to be on all the time. Um, one thing that I learned was to focus my attention on the team that is behind the project. So if you find like, uh, Narkita, I think you said at the beginning, like there are some cute ones that you've been into. Um, and looking at like, we'll say that you, you know, you find one that you think is really, you know, that, that the artwork is really nice or you really enjoy. 
And once you go and find the every, every NFT project has a Twitter account. And so if you go into the Twitter account and you start to really look at their website, like if they don't have a website, that's concerning. Um, but if they have a website, what does their roadmap look like? So, you know, typically they'll say, like, when we have this many sold, this is what we're going to do. When we have this many sold, this is what we're going to do. Like, they're going to have different perks that come out. Um, and so you want to look at like what, what the perks are. And then you want to look at the projects and who's behind them. So they'll have a list of people that are, um, that are part of the team that are creating it. So you'll typically have an artist and then you'll have a few other folks that are like project managers, community, community, um, engagement, um, people, things, things like that. And you want to make sure that those people, and you'll hear this term are doxed. And so of course we've heard about doxing, um, in the concept of like, you know, saying where people live who are political figures or celebrities or things like that. But doxing in the NFT world is, do you know who this person is? Do you know what their reputation is? Do they actually provide like a face so that you can better understand who they are and what businesses they have and whether or not their businesses have done well and they're a reliable source to be creating an NFT project? How many other NFT projects have they participated in? Um, and so that's, you know, thinking about what the perks are, thinking about who the leadership team is and like whether or not they're going to be um, people that you can rely on to move forward in the project and bring value to the project. Um, and then what are the parts of the community? Like what, what is the community about? Is it inclusive? Um, are they listening to the folks that are purchasing? Um, are they, you know, are they going to, um, per, like, are, do you have opportunities for feedback? A lot of them, once you're in the project, will use Discord, which is another app, um, a social tool um, that can be used that you can learn more about the project and get updates regularly. Um, that I would recommend once you get, once you're sure that you are, that, you know, like once you're sure that you enjoy the space and that you, you trust the leaders um, and that you like the artwork and then joining the Discord is a way for you to better understand the community, better understand how they listen to the, the you know, the people that purchase. Um, so that's the next step. Um, but there's a lot of research that comes before that. And it's really just like better understanding what you're investing in, just like you would anything else, right? We don't just randomly purchase things, um, especially when you're like throwing around, you know, the kind of money that's required to you know, to, to get into the space. And so really being careful about like where you're investing your money, um, and making sure that this is a tried and true, uh, group, but you'll, you'll find them. And I think, um, the last thing I would say is like the, the big things that are important to me and you will find what's important to you. Um, for me is the, um, the artwork uh, and whether or not I like appreciate the artwork and enjoy it. Uh, and then two, the utility of the NFT. So am I going, is there something that I'm going to get from having it? Is there like, um, is there a passive income I'm going to um, 
I'm going to have uh, a couple that we've invested in are play to earn games. And so you can only play if you have the NFT. And then as you play, you are also earning more money um, as you are playing with your, uh, with your NFT. So, um, you know, utility is a piece. And then the community is it a, is it an inclusive community? Is it, um, going to be welcoming and safe when you do have the questions about terms that they're using or things that are coming up? Are they going to be welcoming or are they going to shame you for not knowing? Um, and so I, I think those are the three that, that, that I value and you can kind of figure that out as you navigate the space, but start small, focus on one project, which feels very overwhelming and see what you can, you know, what you can learn from that one project, um, and whether or not you want to invest in it. And it'll feel like you're doing several hours of researching. And then after a while, maybe you won't want to actually invest in that. But it's really important when you're thinking about the amount of money um, that you're investing that you that you do the research first. Those are such helpful, helpful tips because I think I didn't realize the community behind it. But it's definitely important to to have people that welcome newbies, right? <laughs> because we're not all starting at the yep. same faith. Um, so thank you for that. And I think one of the one lingering question that I have before we wrap up is mm-hmm. you have this wallet and you have <laughs> in your wallet you have to purchase like um some type of digital coin, right? To have right. in your wallet. So for instance, I get I, I just bought Solana, but I I, <laughs> I use Robinhood, right? But uh-huh. that's not necessarily a, a digital wallet that I can connect and buy NFTs with. Correct. I need to get another wallet and Correct. actually have purchase power in that wallet. Correct. So, yeah. So the big um, wallets that typically you can purchase with are uh, Coinbase has a wallet separate from where you purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, and Co- Coinbase has also come out with a, with a database where you can purchase NFTs straight from their site. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one would be MetaMask. So what you would do is from Robinhood, you would transfer to your digital wallet, whatever that looks like. The most used is, I would say, MetaMask. Um, so you would transfer the money into MetaMask and then, um, and then from there, you'll connect your wallet to whatever site you are using to purchase. So OpenSea is, um, where typically you will purchase your secondary. Um, that's the secondary market. And so what that means is like after, um, an NFT collection has sold out, or if you're buying a one of one and it's already been sold from the artist, you would use OpenSea as the platform that you would be able to look at, um, look at any NFT collection and see if you want to purchase. So you could connect your wallet to OpenSea, or you can connect it directly to an artist or a project's website if they have that ability at this point, if it hasn't sold out. Um, one thing I will say as far as security to be careful of 
is typically your your digital wallet will have a browser within it that you can use to connect your wallet. I highly suggest that you do that versus going um like just ran, you know just connecting your wallet in any other way. Um and just be really careful to know what you're connecting your wallet to. So if you don't, if you haven't done the research on the project, if you don't know enough about the project to feel confident in purchasing it, mm-hmm. I would not connect my wallet. Because what happens is as soon as you connect your wallet, that blockchain now knows what your wallet address is. And dependent on whether or not it's, you know, legitimate, they may be able to pull money out of your um, wallet without you knowing. So being really careful of those things happening as well. Because the scams and everything, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Just like the real world, there are scams <laughs> everywhere. And so you have to be really careful. And if you feel icky or if it feels like too too good to be true, it probably is. Mm-hmm. Um, so just be really careful with that. But yes, definitely get a digital wallet. Um, I also, I, you know, I, I would be really careful to make sure with that seed, with that phrase that you get, cause it's not like you get to choose the phrase. Um, they'll give you 12, they'll give you 12 words and they'll tell you like, save those 12 words, never share those words with anyone else and make sure they're not anywhere electronically that someone could hack into your phone or hack into your computer and find that phrase and be able to access your wallet. So that's the, the that's the big thing with the with the um wallet piece. Well, thank you. Thank you so much Natalie for sharing. You have become an expert <laughs> and, and a, at least an expert for us newbies, right? Um yeah. just to help us kind of understand, you answered many questions that I had. Um that is more than those images that I see. I actually engaged and looking at marketplace, and I think marketplace was because Macy Gray had oh, yeah. an NFT that she was selling on marketplace. And so I looked, you know, looked around at people's images. But for me, it was it was just like art. So you helped to make the connections between the world behind the art, um, and I think that is something that people don't know, and actually how to purchase it. Yeah, that's a little bit different, right? So thank you so much for sharing your expertise with our listeners today. I know that they are going to um, want to get engaged with this and hopefully they have enough insight to at least start doing their research. If people wanted to like follow you, um, should they follow you on Twitter? Yes, um, definitely follow me on Twitter. And my handle is my whole name. So it's N and then my whole last name. Um, but feel free to follow me on Twitter. And, um, you know, some of it, just like me, is a little bit school counseling, <laughs> a little bit red. And then, so, you know, uh, some of it is NFT. So you might see a little bit of everything. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And that is Making It Plain with Dr. Key. We hope that you all will continue with our segment on generational wealth. Thank you for listening to Making It Plain with your host, Dr. Key. 
This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, Sparkman Key Consulting, LLC. Check us out at www.thedrkey.com. This episode is sponsored by Belinda B, the original boss bag designed for women on the go. Visit bbbossbags.com.